Welcome to Carpe Dime, a podcast about personal finance and everyday life. I'm Jamie Davidson. And I'm Dusty Simmons from Financial Center First Credit Union. Thanks for spending your free time listening to us talk about how life and family affect us achieving our financial goals. Well, Dusty, they say when you graduate, you step into the real world. You oh, know, using your air quotes. Those air quotes. Okay. And as cheesy as it sounds... It's definitely spot on, I think. Um, kind of is. Even if you've been working during college, you know, you, you were in high school, you worked a little bit, you worked throughout college, and then all of a sudden you wake up and you're sort of expected to go be an adult. And there's like all these decisions to be made that you've never had to think about. Right. And it's not like you weren't an adult when you're in college, but all of a sudden everybody's like, the question is, when you get a job, where are you going to work, you know? <laughs> Right. Well, Jamie and I, unfortunately, have been in the real world for quite some time. Um, But, you know, I still remember how what that was like. I mean, can you think back to when you were making that transition and what were what were some of the things that really shocked you? I was actually kind of a slacker. So I I got my career and I got out and I didn't go right into my career. I I bopped around and did some uh, bartending and worked in the restaurant business. And it was a lot of fun, made a lot of money. But I started getting that question, when are you going to get a real job? Right, right. <laughs> and I kept going, this is a real job. I, I make real money. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was different. And what's really funny, though, is when I went from working in the restaurant to my real job as an educator, I actually took a pay cut. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a little tough there, you know. But I, I also think back to college. When, when I got out, I was actually a little depressed because we were used to our little bubble there. Oh, um, and, and all your freedom. and Yeah, and then you get back home. And if you stay with your parents for a while and you get back home, they want to know when you're coming home. What are you doing out so late? And it was just – it's just a huge – I don't know what you want to call it, but it's, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) And this is totally indicative of our, of our personalities too, because I, I had a job within six weeks of graduating and moved out of my parents' house. And I literally got married two months after I started my real job. Oh my. So I know, right? You did it the right way. No, I didn't. I mean, because the other, I mean, whether you do, do the detour job or you go into your real job, it's still, there's still a lot of decisions to be made financially. So detour is funny. Yeah. Tell you, I was loving it, man. I was making cash. I was like, why? And I was like, let's be an adult. Why would I get up at five in the morning? (laughs) (laughs) They're trying to get me to substitute teaching. I'm like, you're going to pay me five dollars an hour no i'm not gonna get up I, I stayed out till three in the morning the night before absolutely not so college students this podcast is for you we don't want you to be as overwhelmed as we were when we graduated so we're going to talk today about the eight financial steps you need to take after you graduate but as usual at first let's take a look at some stats yeah we got some facts and some stats and dusty go ahead and give us that first one all right so according to an offers.com survey 55 percent of new college grads say their number one graduation gift they'd like to receive is and this kind of surprised me financial help i wonder if that means they want some money i don't know if that means money or if it means (laughs) advice mom and dad will you give me money for a down payment on a house (laughs) absolutely not listen to cutting the cord and then you'll know the answer to that one okay and Uh, what's another step uh, well, according to Fidelity Investments, 47% of college grads report feeling stressed over the amount of loan debt that they acquired while in college. Yeah, and I think, you know, I've got kids getting ready to go to college and you've got a couple in college and and the cost of college is is just astronomical now. So, I totally get this why anybody would feel stressed. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I, it's, um, we're putting a lot on their plate, yeah. which we had on our plate as well. It just seems like it's a little bit more than it was when we went through. I was able to work and pay most of it and, you know, uh, you, you as well. And that just seems a little overwhelming because my children do actually 
they're my, accumulating my student debt right children. now. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're working at the same time, right. so it's just it's so much more expensive. I think so. Agreed. All right. So having said that, let's talk about these eight steps to help you transition from college to the real world. Yeah. All right. You guys are ready for this, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy it while you're there, guys. You never get to go back. Uh, so yeah, eight steps. So number one, believe it or not, is once, you, once you're getting to the point where you're ready to get out of school and you do get out of school, begin that process of finding that, that, that career job. That is in your field of expertise, right? Oh, yeah, the, where okay. you actually went to school for, where you got the degree. Right. Uh, don't don't go and do what I did and go work in the restaurant business for a couple of years before you actually go into that. And what I think is so great about um, college now is I think universities really do a good job of helping students get to that next level and find that first job where I don't think 20 years ago that was the way that it was. No, really, there wasn't a lot of help there. And I, I mean, I, I really, I always make fun of CC over here, but she actually came through an internship through through Ball State University, and she does a great job. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've been amazed at how well how good she has been since the beginning. So I think they're more prepared than I was. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you know, internships is such a big thing now. Where back then, it really—I mean, yeah. it was encouraged, but it wasn't required. So exposure to real life jobs is is easier. Yeah, yeah, it's required for mm-hmm. most most majors nowadays, right? right? I mean, so, I, I was required to do student teaching, but. That didn't mean that that school was going to hire you. That's exactly right. No, they wanted you to be a substitute. Uh, <laughs> right. So, so that's what it takes me back to, you know, why it took me so long, because you have to get offers. And the way for me to become a teacher was you had to go and substitute. And that's how they would then give you an interview. Right. Right. So for, for the graduates we're talking to today is this. Make sure you're getting those those job offers lined up or at least getting it. So you're going in for the interview. Right. Absolutely. And so, you know, hopefully you're getting multiple offers, you're doing lots of interviews, but when you get those, you're comparing those offers and you're being prepared to negotiate. Right. You, you'll, you, what will happen is you will actually, you might get an offer from three different companies and make sure you're comparing them. And we're going to talk a little bit about that comparison here in just a second, uh, besides just the actual amount you're getting paid. And remember, it's not all about the money. There's some other things in there you yeah, should take a look yeah, at. Yeah, which uh, really is about number two, right? Right. But before we go to number two, remember this. When you do get the offer financially, believe it or not, you can negotiate that. You can ask for more, which I know sounds very intimidating, but it can be done. That was the mistake I made. I negotiated, but it was like $2,000. And you got you to gotta put a little bit more value in yourself. Right. Because they're always going to go low. You want to go high so that you can meet in the middle of where you really want to be. I'm going to remember this next time I have to <laughs> negotiate my my raise. <laughs> so what's number two, Dustin? Okay, so number two really goes along with that is once you found that first potential job um, and you're comparing offers, make sure you're looking at their employer benefits in addition to the salary. So things like what? Uh, you want to look at health care. You know, okay. do they offer health care and how much is that? Uh, you want to look at, you know, do they offer rewards for doing wellness? Like our, our employer actually gives us wellness bucks if we do certain things. Right. Uh, also, what else do you want to look into? Um, you want to look into 401ks, you know, what their match policy is. Um, some companies offer some really great match policies now. And don't don't also forget about things like vacation and sick leave. What's their what's their policy on all those? If you plan on being somewhere very long, what's their maternity paternity policy? Right. Just you know, companies are getting a lot better at catering to this younger generation. So look for things that you value yourself in in your work life yeah. balance. It used to be you went, oh, they offered me this much money, and 
I get this many days off and that was sort of it. Now you've got to look at all these things. Like, okay, so I'm making this much money. And then you got to look at your quality of life. Because most of us now are trying to, you live to work. But now right. we sort of created that idea that you work <laughs> and then you live, right? right yeah, right, right. Li- living comes first. You know, I think in my parents' generation, my father, work was his, that was who he was. He worked was. to live. He worked to live. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so make sure you're looking at those things and look for the vacation days. Look for those, like you said, paternity, maternity leave, because there are some companies out there now that will pay you for a lot more than others would. Uh, when we were going through maternity and paternity leave, nothing. It, w- it was just, you had to use your sick days. <laughs> right, 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 right. Things like, um, I'm seeing a lot of companies that are offering things like Friday lunches, um, gyms, gyms at the office or a gym membership or parking paid or whatever, you know, work from home opportunities. Think about how you want to work and then look for companies that have the job you want, but also the benefits that align with your values. Right. And make sure you're comparing them when you get the offers. Yep. Okay. So number three. Okay. We're always saying this on here, <laughs> but we're going to say it again. Make sure you're creating a budget. You're sitting down and looking at a budget and that you are actually getting the job that will fit your budget. Because if it doesn't fit your budget, you're going to have to adjust your budget. Come on, Jamie. I'm 22. Do I really need a budget? Well, unless you plan on living with your parents and then paying for everything, you might want to get a budget, right? Right. Uh, usually you get out of school. You want to, you know. I probably, wish I was 22. I should. Right. <laughs> let's, let's go back to 22. Let me go you, back to you've 22. Gotta, you've got to, you've got you know, you either live with your parents, you move out, right? And so you right. have to pay rent. Mm-hmm. Then you decide whether or not you're, are you going to have a roommate or not have a roommate? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have a roommate or did you? I got a, married. You got married. I know. I'm stupid. I know Cece moved <laughs> out and she had her own apartment. I actually had a roommate who was a very good friend of mine. But I can tell you after a year living together, I don't think we talked to each other for three months afterwards. Oh, wow. Because we just had gotten to that point. And then three months later, I was, I, I got married and he was in the in the wedding, but I mean, it really, you have to think these things through, right? So you're using an app or you're using a spreadsheet, you're creating a budget. And what are the things that you should be putting in your budget at this point? Rent. Rent. Mm -hmm. Okay. What else? Student loan payments. All right. If you have a auto loan, auto loan, if you need transportation of some sort, whether it's Uber or taking or a bus pass Mm -hmm. or a subway Mm -hmm. pass, or if you want to go out and eat, on the weekends or during the week, you have to have food Ooh. on there and groceries. Entertainment. Don't forget groceries. Entertainment. Yeah. And I know when we're uh, in our 20s, we like to go entertain, go out and have entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, utilities, don't forget all those things that you take for granted. Usually at home, you Mom don't have to worry about the electric bill. You don't have to worry about the water bill. You, once you get out, you'll eventually realize why I'm running around like a maniac going, who left these lights on? <laughs> You don't don't turn it. the heat past 71. <laughs> 67 in my house. What are you talking about? Um, so in leisure and, you know, vacation and also savings, you know, if you don't, if you're, you've got to get in this habit of putting money away as soon as you get that job. Hopefully you're doing that before you graduate. If not, it's going to be hard to come back and relearn that habit. And we talk about this in other podcasts, but this is where it really comes back to what's your standard of living? Because if you are um, a student who's been living with your parents and your standard of living has been able to be higher because the money you're making is your just, you know, entertainment money, your life may have to change a little bit, right? Yeah, it's going to have to. And you're going to you're going to have a little shock there for a minute. It's almost like getting thrown in the deep end. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like instead of just spending money on the things that I want, I there's things I have to spend money on. And in all honesty, uh, this conversation took place between my wife and I a month after we were married. I mean, we had our first little, you know, flare up over this because her expectations were different than what they the, the reality, what your budget what the reality was. Right. right. So I mean, you've got to make sure you're doing that. 
Uh, so what's number four, Dusty? Okay, so, and, and this is part of our normal, you know, do a budget. And then the next thing, number five is or four, is to establish an emergency fund. And again, this is crucial because there are going to be times that your car breaks down or your oven goes out or whatever. You need that thousand dollars, and that's all we're asking you for in a step for a, your first emergency fund. A thousand dollars put away for an emergency. Right, an emergency isn't I'm going away to this weekend to Florida with my friends because yeah, that's it, not an emergency. Or it's time to go to Vegas. That's it, I. I, I probably justified it was an emergency when I was in my twenties, but today that's not an emergency. It's right. something bad happens that has to be fixed in the house. Like you said, it could be the washing machine, it could mm-hmm. be the refrigerator, it could be, you know, a pipe burst, and you have to have a plumber come in. Plumbers are expensive, guys. I tell you what, be careful of the toilet because that plumber comes in, you're charging a hundred dollars. <laughs> that's funny. Cece's laughing at me. I got to be honest with you. I'm not talking about the way you think. I, my wife one day poured the wax from the melts down and flushed the toilet. And then a couple days later, I, I said, what? Something's wrong with the toilet. She's like, well, I might have done that. It created a, it, a, it sealed it so it wouldn't go down. So, Yeah, but this really goes back to the idea that... Um, Life sucks. I mean, it really does. And when it rains, it pours. I mean, we have a coworker who this week alone, like her her garage went out, her garage door went out, her um, her oven went out, and she had to have a car worked on. And that's more than a thousand dollars. So emergencies happen. You got to plan for. You them. may not know this, but I talked to another employee this week who actually had to spend six hundred dollars on the refrigerator. And the discussion they were having at their house was. Should they just get a new one because they've already spent six hundred dollars yeah. and now there's another problem with it? Uh, so yeah, so yeah. that in life doesn't suck, but it, it sucks <laughs> the money right out of your pocket. Let's put it that way. So number five, um, we don't like to do this. You have to make those tough financial decisions, Dusty. You know, am I going to live at home? Or am I, I don't want to live at I, home. You don't want to live at home. But yeah, but you and know, I, and I sort of touched on this already. Huh? You know, am I going to live at home? Am I going to get a roommate? Or am I going to get a house at age 22 or 23 if I can afford it? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. It all comes back to what can you afford and going back to that budget and right. what money you're making out of that first real job. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, making those tough decisions. Right. I, um, I think back to, you know, when I, I got out of my parents' house, I really couldn't afford a house. The reason I had to get a roommate was because I was ready to move out of my parents' house, sure. who I love dearly. But it was time for me to get out, you know, get out of the nest. And, uh, you know, so we decided we'd have, we'd be roommates. And, you know, you really have to make those decisions. So when it's time for you to buy that first house, hopefully you've set that budget up and you know what you can afford. Because a lot of times it's your first time buying that, not only a house, but buying a car. You know, buying anything new, it's very new to us. And, you know, I think back to myself when I was 22 or 23, I didn't want to ask anybody. No. And that's the thing we talked about earlier is like, why don't you talk to people about this? Your parents, your banker, um, your mentors, your older siblings, you know, get opinions, get advice. Call your uncle. Your uncle won't judge you. That's right. Oh, I I totally did that with my aunt. Um, So what's number six? Number six, evaluate your student loans. And for some of you, this is not applicable, but for many of you... Uh, you're leaving you're leaving college with a mountain of college debt in front of you going, oh, my gosh, what do I do now? And guess what? Within six months, government is going to expect you to start making yeah. those loan payments. Or 
whoever lent you the money, right? Exactly. You get six months and then all of a sudden, boom, 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 where's and, our money? Yeah. And the, and the big thing is that you all have to realize if you're not making those loan payments is that you are hurting your credit score every time you are not right. making a payment. Yeah. And that even goes back to everything else too. make sure you're mm -hmm. paying it on time. But yeah. So what you want to know when it comes to your student loans, you really need to know how much you owe. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you have student loans from more than one person, mm -hmm. one group. One company, so you make sure you get them all together and actually know exactly how much like you have. a total. A total, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, also, you know, maybe the answer is if you're in a major, there's majors out there that if you get a job working in that major, social work, they'll do loan forgiveness. See, I didn't even know about this. Mm -hmm. They'll do loan forgiveness, but you have to go and you have to read the, the fine print. It might take, it's a few hoops to jump through. Oh, yeah. But it's worth Many it. Hoops, right. Yeah. So make sure you're social doing work, that. Huh? Mm -hmm. is there, are there other majors that do that too? Yes, uh, education. Oh. Do that now. If you if you go work in in districts that are considered low income, hmm. but you have to w work there for X amount of years. Okay. Uh, so you're look, you know, the Title One's the answer there. So you have to work in a Title One district. Uh -huh. uh, I think it's I don't know. Don't quote me on this, but I think it's five years now, uh -huh. if not ten. Social work, I believe, is ten years. Wow. So they're out there. The idea is you're you know you're going to go out and help society, and they'll forgive your loans. But re remember. You've got to make sure you read the fine print on that. Do the homework. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Loan consolidation. Now, I don't remember, like, if you have the Stafford loan or you have whatever, can you do loan consolidation? You can. You can actually do it with them. And the answer to that is you look at that and you're going to see, um, you know, what's best. Are they going to are they going to consolidate them? And hopefully when you do consolidate, they're going to give you a better rate on that. Mm -hmm. They also out there do um, where you, where you can pay back your loans based on your your income, so income based repayment. So they will adjust your payment yeah. based on what income you're making. So yeah, the idea is when you first come out, you're not making a lot, so your your payments are going to be lower. Mm -hmm. But as you move on throughout life, your income's going to go higher, and you're going to be able to pay more. Now, the one thing that I remember when we had student loans is to make sure that you are taking advantage of the tax benefits related to your student loans. Mm -hmm. Is that still applicable? Yeah, you can actually take off the interest on, right. on, on your taxes. So don't forget to do that mm -hmm. if when you're filing your taxes by yourself because right. you're an adult now. Right. <laughs> you're, you're an adult. That's right. Uh, you know, it's funny, though. You, you talk about that. And, um, you know, make, what I really want to tell you to do is just make sure you're paying on time, put yeah. it on our auto pay. Right now when we're recording this, they, they've suspended people having to pay on their student loans. But like I would what, tell that why? person because of COVID, oh, which really? we, don't, we don't use that word anymore. Remember, we gave that word up. Oh, okay. New Year's resolution. Mm. At least it's mine. You didn't tell me that. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but uh, no, I mean, they started when COVID started, they they, they suspended payments to to um, those education loans. And right now they're suspended until September 2021. What I would tell a person, though, is if you're already paying it, keep paying it because it's all if going to. you can, do it. Yeah, pay more. It's all going towards principal. You can pay it off a lot faster. That's actually a great tip. Well, thank you. All right. Um, number seven, build or begin improving your credit. And yeah, never too soon to do that. And, you know, you probably don't have a lot of credit until you're out on your own by yourself. So this don't is, ruin what you start with, right? <laughs> this, well, that's what you're going to say. This is where we see people go out and ruin their credit. And mm -hmm. then they don't realize it until they're in their late 20s, early 30s. And then they're like, oh, my God, can somebody help me? Right. So and the answer is to start early on this in you know, guys, listen to our podcast and we can help you with that. Or, you know, you can go out and just Google, you know, credit scores and it'll tell you how to, to make sure you're doing the right thing. And if you're one of those really financially responsible people who say, I'm not ever going to have a loan for a car and I'm only going to pay cash, you still need to build your credit because mm -hmm. at some point you are going to need a loan either for a house or 
an employer is going to look right. at your credit score or an insurance company. And so if you do not have established credit, that's going to be a real issue for you. So even if you're not making big purchases, work on little things that can build your credit, which is maybe as simple as having a credit card. Right. And, and paying and it on time and only using 30% of that Credit line. card's been, you know, it's, it's a dirty word nowadays, but it's okay to have it as long as you're doing it the right way. And it's I, actually one of the things we recommend first to help build credit, right? right? As long as you do it the right way. Right. Yeah. They're not as evil as everybody thinks they are as long as you <laughs> use them properly. Uh, it's actually a good tool. So number eight. Okay. I know you guys are listening. You're out there and you go, I can't believe he's going to say this. But number eight is... Start saving for your retirement. I'm such a nerd. When I was 22, this was like the thing that I was most excited about is that I was going to start saving early so that I could retire by like 50. Wow. And of course, now I'm 42 going, there is no freaking way I'm retiring Not at 50. 50. <laughs> but I did start at 22. That's very Putting good. away money. And I started with that employer match mm -hmm. at 3%, which felt like at the time a huge amount of money to give up on a monthly basis. And I'm so glad I did because over time, you know, like you said, every year we recommend 1%, 1%, 1% that you don't see it. But um, starting at 22, I mean, I've got a good little nest egg. Yeah, time value of money, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just watch it grow. And you can always start as early as possible. I've got a funny story on that one. I was working in the restaurant business and I did profit sharing and I saved up this uh, in the, the investment and then I left the place and mm -hmm. then they sent me a, a statement and I saw it. I'm like, well, I'm not using this money for anything right now. So I cashed it in. I'm like, let's go to Vegas. <laughs> so, <laughs> so 50 year old, right? 50 year old Jamie right now would like to take 24 year old Jamie and smack him in his head and say, you're an idiot. Uh, so, you know, learn from my mistakes. I mean, honestly, I mean, when we talk about a lot of these things, it's because of the mistakes I've made. Right. And I'm trying to teach my children and I'm trying to teach students and I'm trying to teach young adults not to make my mistakes. So, and, and I think that's really the best advice out of all of this is knowing that. So I think actually that's one of the most important points to make in this is that even at our age, we still make financial mistakes. We still do things that are dumb or that we go, why did we do that? So don't be afraid at 22 or 24 or 28 or 35 that, you know, yeah, it's, it's okay. You're going to figure it out one way or the other. Yeah, I tell you what, if you're the person that makes no mistakes, um, I'd like to meet you because I haven't <laughs> met that person yet. And if you're out there, come see me. Well, then, you know, you can help me with my problems and teach me to be as good as you are. Sure. So, you know, we should let's talk about the eight again. Let's wrap it up real quick. So number one was. So one and two. First, begin the process of landing your first job and make sure in the process of that you're researching employer benefits when you're choosing that first employer. Number three, make sure you create a budget. Number four, establish an emergency fund. Number five, make those tough financial decisions. Number six, evaluate your student loan situation. Number seven, build or begin improving on your credit. And eight, you know, start saving for retirement early. Yeah, it's never too early. Mm -hmm. Do it sooner than later. So I, this is eight. Eight is a lot of steps. So... If I'm just coming out of college, is that something I should have to accomplish in a month, a year? What's the time frame on all this? Uh, so what I would say is this, you know, do you expect to get it done in one month? Does it have to all be done at once? I hope not because that seems a little overwhelming. It's very daunting, right? Mm -hmm. So the answer is really this is something you're taking steps towards. All these things we talked about, you know, it might take you six months. It might take you, take you 12 months. It's really about taking those steps and, and doing it so that you're successful. It's not really about, I need to get this done now. And then actually, you know, the anxiety comes in, right? You don't want the anxiety. Yeah. Well, and you know, and don't forget to use your resources. So if it's a parent you want to talk to who's good at managing money or a friend or an aunt or an uncle, 
or your financial advisor, or even us, right, Jamie? Because this is what we do for a living. If you need help creating that budget or figuring out your finances, email Jamie. Right. Yeah, Jay Davidson at fcfcu.com. And we'll find a we'll find a way to help you out and, and work with you and make you successful after you get out of college. Yep. And if you're approaching that May 2021 graduation, uh, congratulations. That's a huge accomplishment and uh, best of luck in your endeavors in your first job. Very exciting. Carpe Dime is presented by Financial Center First Credit Union. It's produced by Jamie Davidson, Dusty Simmons, and Courtney Cooper. Financial Center is a seven-time national award winner in the category of adult financial literacy. And our goal is what, Jamie? helping you improve your financial life. To learn more, visit fcfcu.com. And if you like what you hear, where can they find us? Uh, You can go to iTunes, you can go to SoundCloud, Spotify, and the all-new Indiana Podcast Network. All right. That's it for today. Good luck with graduation. 